The Fantasy Six-Pack Hour With your hosts Joe Bond Ah, you're awful <laughs> And A.J. Applegar all right, all right. Welcome to the Fantasy Six Pack Hour. My name is Joe Bond, founder of FantasySixPack.net. With me as usual, uh, Mr. Car Troubles, unfortunately, AJ Applegarth. Um, Always something, man. I guess I could Always say something. how's it going, but uh, I think we already know. Great. <laughs> It's, yeah, it's sounds so awesome. Great. So great. Just leave yeah. it at that. Great. Yeah, it sounds uh, sounds like a lovely <laughs> day for you. Multiple exclamation points added <laughs> to the end of that. Great. And uh, multiple some uh, sarcastic ex- ex- some expletives as well. <laughs> yes. Yes. yes that, would, that would work. I would be okay <laughs> with that. Yeah. All right, man. Well, we are continuing our fantasy football draft coverage for the for the 2021 fantasy football season. Uh, this week we're having Bob Lung join us. Um, not gonna talk too long here at the beginning, but let's at least do our beer of the week, man. Mm, beer. All right, what you got to uh, drown this day away? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm starting with something a, a little bit on the lighter side from what uh, I usually would be in, indulging in, and that is a. Fancy Papers from Cigar City. Um, six and a half percent. Uh, Strata Idaho 7. So, yeah, I don't think I've had this one yet from them. And Salt I have not heard it. Decided I was, uh, was going to get it. So, we'll, we'll All see. right. Here we go. <laughs> I keep swirling it in your mouth every time. It's good. It's good. <laughs> All right. Oh, yeah. It's beer. It's good. Uh, so I'm drinking one from Kushwa Brewing Company. It's called Eight and a Half Emojis, and the can has like a whole bunch of emojis and stuff on it. It's kind of funny looking. Um, I should give this one a four and a quarter. It's a New England style double IPA. It's a eight percenter. It's a it's a solid one, man. Mosaic or sorry, Nelson and Citra hops. So uh, anything that's got Citra in it, man, like I'm, I'm a huge fan of. It's just yeah. it's a nice like light crisp hop, um, in my opinion. So it's a good one. Cheers. Cheers. See, we're both uh, rocking our SFB shirts here as well tonight. So. Yeah, mine's from Nine, so it's the Mario it's the Mario one. As yeah, I'm, like the... going backwards here. Yours is last year with toys. <laughs> yes. Right? Yeah. Optimus. Yeah, I didn't get one this year. I, I, I'm... I heard they were gonna get one for they were gonna make one for boys to men, which is which is the division I'm in. So I'm waiting for that one to drop. Um, so, <laughs> but they haven't made it yet. The other not, not Ver- Veridian. Yeah, yeah. I've looked. I keep looking, and like um, yeah. one of the guys in my division like hit him up a little bit ago, and they said they were gonna make one, and it's on their list, but they haven't yet, unfortunately. Uh-huh. So. I mean, yeah. Again, I'm just waiting for that to happen because that's the one I want. Uh, some of the other ones I like. Um, honestly, the uh, <laughs> honestly the um, the one from the company that Rotoware that that made these that we're wearing. Uh, they uh, they had one that I liked, and it was like 
kind of like a like a hippie looking thing and it's kind of cool looking but i don't know i just didn't pull the trigger i'm still waiting for the boys and men one but anyway without further ado let's bring on our guest bob lung to talk about some consistency how's it going man yeah, <laughs> rocket yes, rocking the shirt there you go which one which one's that this is the uh, turn it to 11 because it's uh, SFB uh, 11 from uh, Viridian Global. Nice. Uh, so I thought it was cool just because I'm a huge fan of uh, Spinal Tap and like, oh, I, I got to get that one. So, yeah. I'll be honest, man. I don't recognize all the shirts. Like there's so many bands. Like I looked at them. I was like, I don't even yeah, know. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> this is a lot. I'm, I'm really into music, but there's a few that I went, who? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, the look at, like, obviously I know the bands, but I look at, like, the shirt, and I'm like, I, yeah, I have no idea. Um, but, yeah, they're all, they're all pretty cool, so I, you know, want, if, if you're interested, go check those out. They, you know, and they're all for a good cause, obviously, as well, yeah, so right, yeah. It, yeah. it's worth it. So Rotoware does some, Viridian Global does some, and I know they both give a portion of it to uh, Fantasy Care, so either way, it's a win-win for everybody. So Absolutely, absolutely. All right, Bob. Um, so you've been on the show before many years. Uh, thanks for coming back Thank on. You. And uh, we, we, you know, we love having you on. We, we definitely brought you on earlier this year for a good reason. Uh, we've got your, your Fantasy Football Expo coming up, which AJ and I are super excited to, to finally be able to attend. We wanted to go last year, and obviously the unfortunate happened. Yes. Um, but um, for those who don't know what it is, go ahead and give your spiel, man. All right, for those of you who are living under a rock, um, we're doing this little thing called the Fantasy Football Expo in the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame city of Canton, Ohio. Um, The expo itself is on Sunday, August 15th. But anybody who can't get here that day, so if you don't live like close to Canton, Ohio, um, you want to come for the whole weekend, and we'll explain why. Uh, Because I know Joe and AJ are coming for the whole weekend. So Friday night. Friday night. Drinking. Saturday night, drinking. No, I mean, <laughs> um, I mean we are yeah, the phase six back hour. There's a reason why no, we're coming. It's, it's not just <laughs> I'm that. kidding. Yeah. Your liver your liver will be ruined, I will warn you. Uh, but we are just kind of hang out Friday night. Um, but Saturday <laughs> during the day, uh, you've got three options. You actually have more options. You can do lots of things in Canton, Ohio, but here's the three options you can do for sure. Uh, 10 o'clock in the morning, our good friend John Lobb, uh, is putting on the first ever King's Classic College fantasy football competition uh, draft that's going to be held in the Double Tree Hotel where the Expo is also going to be held. So if you're really into college fantasy football or just college in general, uh, you can go down and check that out. He's going to be doing they're going to be doing that I think at 10 a.m. that morning uh, doing that. So um, from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m is the King's Classic Draft. Uh, All the best experts in the country are coming together at the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, We will be drafting there. It'll be broadcast live on SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio during that same time period. Um, But for those of you who are not in that draft, uh, you can go to draftnightout.com and sign up for a draft competition uh, that's going to be happening at the Canton Brewing Company, which is about three blocks up the street from the hotel. Uh, the guys there are going to be putting that together. It's only $30. There's all kinds of prizes, and uh, there's going to be food and drinks and all kinds of good stuff to hang out with. They're going to do that from noon to 4. Uh, so check that out. Sign up for that. Go to that. If not, of course, you get a Hall of Fame ticket with your weekend package when you come. So you can go over, tour the Pro Football Hall of Fame, come in and say hi to us, drafting in the Kings Classic, uh, and 
That's all part of the package uh, price. Then Saturday night, party of all parties will be get together. 200 plus people will be at this party. All of us fantasy folks from all over the country are going to be there. Uh, come hang with us at the hotel lobby, the Doubletree. Um, again, with your package, you get a wristband that will get you in to it. And uh, we're going to have some special prizes and giveaways and stuff that you'll be able to take home with you. Uh, that night, it's being put on by Fantasy Affair. Uh, Brian and all his gang are going to put together some amazing things. I, there's so much cool stuff. I don't even want to bring it up because I want everybody to be surprised. They're, it's going to be so much fun. Uh, then we'll all be on hungover and go to the Fantasy Football Expo right there in the hotel at 10 a.m. the next day uh, from 10 to 11 on stage, in the main stage at the Expo, will be what I'm going to call the Mount Rushmore of fantasy. You're going to have um, at, at least, and this probably, I'm, I'm going to just throw out this list because I think they're all going to make it. Brad Evans, Mike Clay, Dave Richards, Andy Behrens, Mike Taglier, Michael Fabiano, uh, Bob Harris. Uh, I'm sure I'm missing somebody, but those guys will be all on stage together taking your questions, answering from, uh, we're going to have a, a, an MC. His name is Nathan Zagura. You may remember him from CBS Sports a few years ago. Yeah. He works for the Cleveland Browns. Nathan is going to be our MC, uh, as long as the Browns don't play too far out of town. Um, and so, you know, they're going to ask their, their sleepers, their bust, but it's all about interaction. So crowd can ask questions, get their, you know, uh, meet these guys, um, you know, kind of the best of the best on stage. So that's going to be from 10 to 11 at the start of the expo. The rest of the day, of course, we have, we're going to have 45 booths uh, with all of the top uh, sites in the country, including fantasy six pack, uh, uh, football guys, <laughs> IDP guys, uh, dynasty nerds. Uh, gosh, I'm trying to think. Everybody. I think uh, NFL draft Bible is going to be there. We'll be next yeah, to like oh, beer field, fantasy football. Of course, that yeah, was like the, the one list. I, I picked. Go my old person glasses on. Yeah, there yeah. we go. Uh, <laughs> uh, dynasty trade calculator, full-time mm-hmm. fantasy, uh, eat, sleep fantasy, which is sleeper wire. They're putting on the uh, draft night out. Um, fantasy and frames, uh, fantasy football roundtable, dynasty madman, fantasy headliners, IDP guys, Canton, campus to Canton, uh, fantasy football affair. Like you said, NFL draft Bible, uh, beer field, uh, fantasy football yep. unlimited, Kevin McCurry's group. Ball Blast Girls, um, or the Ball Blast Group. I guess it's not just yeah. all girls now. Yeah. <laughs> Fantasy Foresight, uh, DLF, Dynasty Rewind, Dynasty Nerds, Fantasy Six Pack, Clock Management, Flurry Sports, um, the Fantasy Commission, Fan Tracks, Football Guys. And I'm already in talks with NBC Sports Edge. I'm in talks with uh, Monkey Night Fight, uh, talks with Fantasy Alarm. So it's going to be, you just don't want to miss this, guys. Folks, yeah. Girls. And I'm, I'm sure there's other sites like us, like our booth. We're going to be giving away some stuff. Uh, oh, yeah. We I haven't totally it. finalized it, but, yeah, I'm sure you said you've got a slew got of stuff right behind here. you. I've got a Keenan Allen and DeAndre Swift autographed jersey to get oh. from Clock Management. Nice, yeah. And, we've uh, got a uh, fan tracks is going to send me a Travis Kelsey one. Nice. Um, yeah, so there's going to be cool stuff to win. Uh, it's just, you, again, if you can make it, you know, don't miss this. Yeah, you know, I'm just looking um, forward yeah. to like meeting everybody and, and you know oh, for yeah. real. Just, like I'm, yeah. yeah, just talking to guys so, on Twitter is so much fun. But man, I, I'd love to just like actually 
meet people yeah. in person, get a beer with them, whatever it is. And, and just, right. and, just, and then the goal is this continues to grow. So yeah. as I mentioned to you guys before, off the air, you know, the fantasy football, um, the, the, fan, the pro football hall of fame museum is building a village around it. Like, I guess like Cooperstown, I've never been there, but I guess, but you know, shops, restaurants, bars, their own convention center, their own hotel, you know, all this stuff. And then we can spread this thing out to all kinds of, locations with on the campus and the only and we won't have to go anywhere you can just walk to everything you need to go to um you know it'll just get bigger and bigger and we'll go from two three hundred this year to two three thousand in five years so that's the goal you know we want this to be a destination that people put on their calendar every year i mean they're supposed to build a water park at this village so i'm like that's perfect wow. now that can bring the wife and kids Drop them off at the water park over and get there. Get to spend the day over there. <laughs> yeah, and everybody wins. You know, dad gets to do the vacation he's always dreamed of. Uh-huh. Wife and kids are just as happy, and you know, it's it, everybody's everybody's giddy. So, uh, so we all have to get our own room because I don't want to be there after a bunch of these. <laughs> they don't want me yeah, in there after a bunch you, of you these. Don't want to go down a water park. No, no. Want a water slide after a bunch of those. That'd get ugly. Yeah, but no, it's gonna be a great time. I'm so excited <laughs> you guys are part of it again. I know you were there at the beginning two years ago. Um, like I said, we only had 75 people that year, and I thought it was I thought that was pretty good. And this year we're already at 250, probably going to hit 300 before that's we awesome, get. Man. And that's I'm looking- so too. I'm just excited, but you know, I just want to thank the fantasy community because you know everybody's thanking me for putting it together, but it's really the community that's supporting this. You know, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I just built it and they came. So <laughs> I, I'm just so excited that, that the community is behind this and, and supportive and wants it to, to grow and, 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 you know, come up with their own ideas about doing, you know, like the draft night out guys and the fantasy affair guys. And, you know, everybody's coming up with cool ideas that just for the expo. And yeah. that's what's great about this community is that, you know, it's not about one person like me saying, okay, well, here it is, and you're going to do it all my way. No, it's me saying, here's here's something we could do. Who wants to kind of help and help with it, you know? And that's what's great, and everybody's chipped in, and, you know, I've tried to be accommodating and say, hey, you know, you want to do something? Let's do something. Um, but also make it worthwhile for everybody to be able to be a part of as much as they can, because I don't want somebody to miss out on one thing versus the other because they're at the same time, too, so we're trying to, you know, give people opportunities to do different things. Um, but then, you know, the big get together Saturday is what it's all about. Kind of the hanging out together, meeting everybody, getting pictures. You know, if you can't make it, you'll see a lot of pictures, on Twitter, I guarantee it. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, be yeah, super really jealous. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Um, yeah. Again, I'm looking forward to a big time. I, uh, I, I'm, I'm glad you put it together and I'm, you know, glad it's actually happening this year, but let's jump into your consistency guide here. You are, you know, the guy when it comes to fantasy football consistency in my book, um, as you write the book. So, (laughs) you know, I ask this question every year, but you know, just for those who haven't heard the show, the one that you're on, um, you know, tell us a little bit about the book and, and you know, why you decided to write it. So, you know, I started playing in 1985, uh, 2002 is when I kind of came up with this consistency idea because my team went 500, but I had the MVP, Sean Alexander, on my team, and he was inconsistent as all get out. And I said, you know, man, if he would have scored just one touchdown a week and it was a touchdown only scoring, 
Um, my team would have won two more games. I'd have made the playoffs, won their championship. And then that kind of just sprung into, you know, well, that should apply then for any type of scoring. And so really that just kind of escalated into me writing articles, fine tuning the process. And then about, I don't know, about seven years ago, started on my own website because um, I felt like uh, it, it just had to be that way. I just couldn't, not that I couldn't get along with people and write for another site, but it just felt like I was lost in everything. And, and I wanted to kind of push my stuff into people's faces and say, hey, you need to have consistency. Uh, but I had been writing for a lot of um, uh, magazines that you're buying on the shelf, but it was just a simple, you know, here's consistency, here's some guys I pick, and that was it. And I kept asking the people who were the uh, authors or publishers, I'm like, man, I said, you know, we should create profiles and put this consistency information in their profiles in your guide to make it kind of unique. And they're like, well, we don't have enough room. And I got a lot of excuses and I understood. I mean, it, was, it, it is what it is. But then about five years ago, I found out that I could self-publish on Amazon. I'm like, yeah. oh, okay, yeah. so let's give that a shot. And so I did. And then you know, after my second year, I sent it into the FSWA for, you know, it, you know, for submitting it for the best fantasy publication. And, you know, I didn't expect anything. And then first year I got nominated and I thought that was amazing. And then the second year I got nominated and won. Yeah. And I was Congrats like, wow, on that, man. Big time. Yeah. Thank you. And then the last two years I've also been nominated again, but the last two years it's me, CBS sports, NBC, Bob Harris and football diehards. Yeah. Uh, and um, I don't remember who the fourth was. Maybe it was Roto world. Anyway, it's like mm, kind of tough guys. <laughs> yeah. But you know, again, just to be, just to be nominated with that group um, and to be at the same level to me is an honor. And, and, you know, and I'm just, again, just kind of like the expo. I'm just amazed that people have been so supportive and buy the guide and enjoy it and feel like it is worth buying every year. And, I can't say thanks enough to everyone out there who does that. And so, you know, I'm pretty cool. Yeah. It's a fantastic guide. The link will be in the, in the uh, show notes, wherever they're posted. So, uh, make sure you, you, yeah. you click on that or guys. Just go to Amazon.com yeah. And, or just search, search for it. It's, it's right there. Guide. It'll be the only one I guarantee. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty easy to find, but it's, uh, yeah, yeah just in case, you know, it's going to be right there for you guys. Okay. So over the years, you've, uh, you've kind of expanded everything within the guide itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, you've added some new tools, uh, just, just different facets of, of it other than just consistency. So right. tell us a little bit about some of those, those things that you've added and, and what's new for this year. So, um, I added X consistency a couple of years ago and, and, and it was kind of a way of kind of, uh, separating those folks that didn't play enough games. So maybe they were hurt, missed half a season. Um, so, you know, their consistency may have been strong, but their total points were, so how did that play out? And so the X consistency was kind of combining those two fantasy points per game times their consistency number to kind of get what I call the X consistency, which was making more saying, okay, here's, you know, the difference. Um, and for example, let's say like Darren Waller and George Kittle, both are 75% consistent last year. Kittle only played eight games. Waller, Waller played 16. So obviously Waller was second in total points and Kittle was ninth, but 
The X consistency shows that Darren Waller was 13.05. Kittles was 11.73. So it showed that actually Waller was had more value last year in the games when you're comparing apples to apples, uh, you know, and really could be classified as the number two tight end in the league last year versus Kittle, even though Kittle had a very good consistent season to that point. But, and then compare that then to TJ Hawkinson was also 75%, but his points per game were pretty lower. And so his X consistency was only 8.17. So you can see there was a big difference, even though they were all three 75% consistent. That's what that X consistency is there to do is kind of separate uh, those into kind of who's more productive uh, on a game by game basis with the consistency combined uh, versus not. So that's where that came into play. Uh, you know, last year, uh, our good friends down in Brazil came up with the IDP consistency. Uh, I put that in the book. You can go to their website down there. I think it's brfantasyfootball.com. Uh, they've done an amazing job with that. I, so I put their stuff in. I don't calculate it my own, but they use my, uh, my calculation and, and my um, algorithms, whatever you want to call them. Um, you know, and then this year, um, kind of highlighting the historical game, which is more of the, uh, when you look in the profiles, there's a kind of consistency versus defenses. And, you know, it's those kind of data sometimes that might be helpful in your DFS games um, or prop bets or whatever you are looking at, because what it'll show you is like, maybe a guy's not very consistent overall, but maybe like when he's playing at home, you know, the home away split might be 80% to 20%. I remember few years ago, Ben Roethlisberger had like an 80-20 split home versus away. Um, so those, that kind of stuff, that's where that historical game uh, consistency uh, will show in the profiles. And you can use that for, like I said, DFS or prop bets or whatever uh, may be very helpful um, for this coming year. So that's going to be – it's out there. And obviously you can use that by looking at the profiles. You mentioned that prop bet tool. Um <clears throat> I know you introduced that to me and Keith a couple of years ago mm-hmm. when it first got out there. Um, right. How's, how's that been, you know, how's that grown over the years with you? Well, not as much as I wanted to because I've had, I, I've had so much, I've put so much time into the, the main stuff of the consistency that I really uh, haven't been able to, to take hold of that. Um, okay. I'm hoping this year to spend more time with it uh, and promote it more. Um, I think the tool is very effective. Um, I know last year for the, through the first three or four weeks, I was comparing it against, uh, other sites that, uh, you know, track, um, how effective their tool is. And I was right there with them about 60%, 55, 60%, uh, um, with the prop bets, the mo- you know, the major prop bets, like I wasn't doing every person, but, mm-hmm. you know, basically on the, mo- the majority of the starters, I was hitting around the same 55, 60%. Um, I think it still can be fine tuned and can do better, but really what the idea was, is it's showing the consistency of the player hitting that prop bet, not just the, well, you know, Brady is, you know, let's say Tom Brady's, uh, you know, this week playing against, uh, let's say Minnesota at home. Okay. Well, you know, again, using that historical game consistency, we can look at all the games that he's played not only at home, but, you know, against either, you know, if Minnesota was a bad defense, so home against a bad defense, 
and it would show that, oh, well, in that those game scenarios, five out of the six times Brady has exceeded that 275 yards passion, where it, it may be skewed if you just looked at his overall, you know, fantasy points or, or yards per game for last year or just at home or, you know, you're not really pinning it down to any more a specific as and, and even if, let's, let's say, the average was at 280 versus 275, maybe he had two games that were like 390 and the other games were all 250. Well, mm-hmm. if you only went over twice out of the six games, then that's only 33%. That's what, that's what we're showing is a different way of looking at it and utilizing kind of the consistency calculation to determine whether that prop bet is, you know, should go over or under. So that's what the tool is for. Yeah, I know we used it at least two years ago. I don't, uh, the person that was putting the bets in last year, I'm not sure, used it. But um, yeah. last year, at least a couple of seasons ago, uh, or a couple of seasons ago, sorry, we were using it to kind of – like he would put in his bets on um, – oh, it's Thrive. It's the big, Thrive, thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, like, yeah, he would put in his kind of gut-feeling picks, you know, based on mm-hmm. his own research and things like that. And then, like, when it was those, like 50-50 picks is when he was like, all right, let's go, let's go look at Bob's tool. And, right. and see what he's just got to say. And sometimes it right. would sway us, and sometimes it wouldn't. Right. Sometimes we'd be right. Sometimes we'd be wrong. It was, but it was still, it was still just like a great, just more information, just more right. input into it. Like you're mm-hmm. not always going to be right. Not everybody right. else is going to be right. That's not what you're there for. You're just there for right. more information. But right. it was, it was, it was great to just be able to look at that and and be able to help us break it down a little more. Um, yeah. Cool. So I've got a, a a random question then that's not on the yeah. sheet here, uh, it, but it's okay. it kind of goes in with with what we've been talking about with this historical. Um, consistency data. I, I mean, I think that's awesome to have because now you can track these players over the years instead mm-hmm. of just, you know, well, this is what they did last year. Well, now you see right. this is what they did last year. This is what they did before that. This is what they did before that. Um, obviously, you know, some players would have dips because of injuries and whatnot. But if you have, like you mentioned Tom Brady, so Brady's a good example because he switched teams. Granted, mm-hmm. he's he's the goat, but so maybe he's not a good example. But how <laughs> is it like? How would you look at? I mean, have you seen within the historical data that people who have changed teams might have that initial dip, or are some of them still fairly consistent? Um, you know, here's the thing: most players that change teams are. I'll call them middle of the road players. You know, very few times does a Tom Brady-esque talent player switch teams. So what you get is a lot of the middle ground folks. Um, But each time it's such a different situation, it's so hard to predict. Um, You want to be excited about it, but then you're kind of like, hmm, you know. Like a perfect example was like, I was not excited about Stefan Diggs going to Buffalo because my thought was he was a head case. He, you know, was fighting with everybody in Minnesota. He's going to go to Buffalo and, you know, but wow, look what happened. Um, So, you know, for every one of those, you know, then you get, you know, again, a, a different player. And I'm trying to think of somebody who switched teams last year, Emmanuel Sanders, who, you know, yeah. Went to New Orleans, 
kind of did okay. wasn't great. was you know wasn't terrible, but it, you know it it, it what there wasn't enough one way or the other to get like so super excited. Now Emmanuel Sanders, of course, is going to Buffalo as now kind of the number two with John <laughs> yeah. Brown leaving. Should we be excited about that? I mean, two years ago, John Brown was eighty eight percent consistent before Stefan Diggs showed up. Um, they do need a good number two. Cole yeah. Beasley is trying to talk himself out of playing or at least not running for Congress. So, you know, we don't know what Beasley's head at. So, you know, it's that kind of stuff. There's so many factors when they change teams of the weapons around them, the talent of the quarterback, the offensive line. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. And, you know, I, I wish there was a magical formula. I, I could say, well, you know, if it's this, this, and this, you expect an increase. If it's this, and it's, you know, you kind of just – you look at schemes, you look at tight, you know, OCs, you look at a lot of stuff. And a lot of times you're just kind of like, mm, there. Yeah. Um, you know, I will never say, yep, there's a perfect method and because there's not. I mean, um, you know, even last year, Brady started off kind of slow. Mm, and yeah. then once things started gelling, but then the other problem he had was, you know, very rarely was Mike Evans and Chris Godwin on the field at the same time. When he did have them on the field, he was actually 80% consistent Mm -hmm. when they were both on the field together, which is for the season. He was only 63 because he, he hasn't really had two great receivers like that in his career. Right. And now that he did, you know, or once they were finally healthy, see what happens. Yeah. You know, and they got everybody back. Their line's all back. Their running backs are all back. Defense is there. I mean, you know, I kind of like Brady as kind of my one of my undervalued guys because, you know, everybody's, oh, he's too old. He's too this. He's too that. Well, still Tom Brady. <laughs> he keeps <laughs> proving us wrong. He uh, has a lot of wins. He's an alien. So, so, so it's kind of on the same page here, Bob. Right. Um, you know, Talking about like rankings with with you know using consistency, and I know you do your own rankings with it. Like, mm-hmm. how much do does consistency play into your rankings? And in an example, I would have, and, and last year it was a little more extreme. This year it's a little closer. Um, you know, McLaurin had like an eighty something percent consistency rating, and Hopkins mm-hmm. was like sixty seven percent or something like that. Like. Does that move them closer or even possibly put McLaurin higher than like normal ADP or normal, you know, expert rankings would ha- would show in your book? You know, it, it does put them closer. I mean, you know, this year right now, uh, I'm looking I'm looking at the rankings. I actually just kind of updated things more for ADPs than anything. And, you know, I have McLaurin at, uh, let's see, number uh, was number 11. And I have Hopkins at five. Now, you know, that's still mostly because Hopkins has Kyler Murray and McLaurin has Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah. Um, you know, if you switch, if you switch quarterbacks, um, but, you know, am I going to pick McLaurin ahead of Hopkins? No. But here's the thing. I'm probably not going to pick Hopkins where he's going ADP-wise because I might get either a better running back there at that spot and then maybe get McLaurin as then my wide receiver one in the next round. And yeah. I'm still happy because McLaurin will still have that consistency because obviously if he can do it with freaking Haskins and 
and <laughs> Joe Schmo and whatever other, you know, um, hey, Joe Theismann or, Joe Schmo. There, or, Joe, or Joe, <laughs> Joe Bond or whatever was the quarterback. Um, he could certainly do a much better job, I would think, with, you know, with uh, Fitzpatrick there. But they also then added Curtis Samuel. And, you know, mm. so they've added yeah, some weapons yeah. to help which should help him because now guys yeah. aren't even able to double, can't double team him either. So, yeah, McLaurin's definitely one of, you know, uh, my favorite, uh, you know, folks for that. Um, you know, ADP-wise, I think he's still, you know, respected but not, you know, super low. Let me see. He's at uh, 310. So, you know, end of the third round. So, if you can get him on that, you know, 3-4 turn, may not be a bad pick. Yeah. Um, because again, if you got two good, really good running backs, then you can kind of put him in as your, you know, wide receiver one. Maybe you come back on the turn and get, you know, uh, Godwin or Allen Robinson or Keenan Allen. And now you've got two folks that are both over seventy-five percent consistent on a almost every year basis. That's going to really help your core, your core team's consistency. And that's what it's kind of, in my opinion, that's what I always try to do is that first six to eight rounds, I want to have a core con- consistency of probably at least 75% of those five to six players. Because that yeah. way I can take a chance later on a, a rookie or a flyer or a, maybe an inconsistent guy to put as my flex. Um, so that's kind of how I always build my teams with the use of consistency and these rankings. I completely agree. Like a motto that you know you hear across the industry is you, you're not going to win – in the first few rounds, but you can definitely lose it in the first right. few rounds, you know? So that, yep. that's a, this consistency, which is something I like, you know, kind of used in, in for, I've used it for years, but like you've written the guide on it. And like, once I saw it, like I say this every year, I'm like, I was like, Oh man, I got to get connected with Bob. Like, this is perfect. This is exactly the way I think. So, uh, you know, it's perfect. But like, it was funny because I was reading last year's and, and the question for this, and it was, it brought up Kenny Galladay, but I was like, and he had a great consistency rating, but he was injured. And I think that leads right into our next question here that AJ is going to ask. That's yep. That's where I was going with it. So, uh, you know, we talked about everything and injuries, you know, how, how does an injury affect the player's consistency calculation? Well, so it doesn't affect it because it's always based on total games played. So, you know, if a person misses half a season and they were 75% consistent in those first eight games or nine games, well, then that shows you that, well, when they are on the field and healthy, they're still very consistent and worthwhile. But you obviously don't want to draft somebody that is like that every year. So let's, I'll use my favorite example, Evan Ingram. Um, You know, this guy, when he's on the field, can be one of the most consistent tight ends out there. Problem is he can't stay on the field. Um, The, the other injury issue is a guy that is, you know, toughs it out and plays through it, but really isn't productive. That actually kills you more from a consistency standpoint, because, they're trying to be the tough guy for the team and get out there and play and power through it. But if you're relying on that guy and they can't, you know, haul in more than three catches for 25 yards every week at tight end, it's not doing you any good. You'd rather start somebody, you know, that's going to have a better shot at scoring more points. Um, so I'd rather have the person who kind of gets hurt and stays out and misses half a year and you can at least get a replacement or, 
you know, find somebody in a waiver wire or trade or whatever. Um, you know, so like I said, it really doesn't affect their consistency because usually they don't try to toughen out. But if you remember Barkley, when he tried to come back too early a couple years ago, it kind of hurt him that year because he really just wasn't a hundred percent. Um, I think that made a difference, you know, in his, his consistency that year. So, you know, that's kind of how I look at it is, you know, if, you know, you know, the people that are kind of that nagging injury, like George Kittle, he's another one, you know, mm-hmm. plays hard, man. He, he, he bruises people when they try to tackle him. Problem is then, then it hurts his knees and puts him out for a couple of games and he comes back for a couple of games and, you know, and so then when you're looking between him and Darren Waller in round three, and do you want to take that chance? Yeah, I'm going to go with Darren Waller because yeah. yeah, I kind of feel like I know he's going to play all the games. No, he may not, and obviously you can't predict any injuries, but but there's certainly guys that are more abusive. Chris Carson's another one of them. Just goes out there and just knocks people over. Moster, Raheem Moster, another person. Just Mixing. throws the body at people. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah. that's great, but guess what? We don't get any points for knocking the guy over when he tries to tackle him, so... Step out of bounds, Raheem. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. please. <laughs> yeah, I, I Stop agree. Letting us rely on Tevin Coleman and uh, yeah. McKinnon, <laughs> right, at least yeah. last year. I mean, Jeff Wilson. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's it's one of those like it, it's you it, you love to see that great consistency rating from these guys that played even you know five, six, seven, eight games. But it's hard to trust it, especially if it's been over multiple seasons. You're like, well, who cares? Like, I need you on my team. I don't need you sitting on the bench for half the year. So, especially with as many injuries we're getting now, um, and we're still going to probably have some some COVID issues. We're at an extra game, so now we got a longer season. Yeah, These guys got to pace themselves. I mean, I don't know how much that's going to come into play. And are we going to see more teams, you know, by committee with running backs and wide receivers and tight ends? Because they've got an you know an extra game and a little bit longer season to play through, but who knows? Yeah. So moving on here, this was a question that uh, a writer from our site, Mark Strasberg, gave us last year, and I, but I want to ask it again just because it, it was so good. Um, guy, guys, who who are the worst consistency guys? Right, that you might mm-hmm. want to steer clear of for redraft, right? Because they're just you know they're up three you know up two weeks down five another another two and then down another three it's like just so hard to predict when they're gonna hit right 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 but in best ball like maybe they're a little more interesting like who are some of these guys that you're looking at going like yeah they're gonna win me you know six weeks of a best ball league or <laughs> give me a really good chance in a best ball league that i'm willing to take them a little higher than right. than i would in a redraft well, so, you know, quarterbacks are fairly consistent. So there isn't a ton of, you know, super high but not consistent kind of players. Um, tight ends are just – we all know they're horrible. <laughs> I mean, it's either Kelsey, Waller, Kittle, if he can stay healthy, and, and everybody else. Um, so really I'll focus on the wide receiver position because that's where you're going to sure. see that fluctuation. You know, it's those guys that one week are going to score 35 and then score five the next two weeks. Um, the number one on the list for this year, what, based on last year's number, is uh, a wide receiver who ended up eighth in total points. 50% consistency, and his name is Tyler Lockett. Yeah. And, you know, case. with Metcalf yeah. there, 
I think Lockett is one of those guys that, man, he can put up some numbers, but man, he can put up some duds. And and that was last year was a, was a perfect example of that. Um, well, most of those came two, early too, right? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, again, I think as Metcalf becomes the focus, you know, one that draws their number one corner, sometimes even double teams to keep Metcalf in check, that's when Lockett can bust out for that big gain and, and have that 30-point game, you know, five catches for 100 yards and a touchdown or so. Um, but, you know, but then the next week, you know, maybe they don't double Metcalf and – you know, now Lockett can't get as open. It doesn't get the catches. And, you know, plus they focus so much on the running game. You know, if they're winning the game and Carson's got 100 yards rushing and two touchdowns, then they don't need to throw the ball to Lockett. So, you know, there's just a lot of stuff going on in Seattle that uh, can really drive you crazy other than Metcalf. Uh, Wilson's pretty pretty consistent too. The other two uh, wide receivers are actually wide receiver corps, corps, whatever you want to call them. So it's the Bengals and the Steelers. Both of those this year are going to be very difficult to trust any one guy to be your stud. Um, If you can get any of those guys as your wide receiver three, you're going to be better off. But each week, I think you're going to have a problem between Boyd, uh, Higgins, and Chase of who's going to be the star of the week and who's not. Steelers the same way. you got Claypool, Deontay Johnson, and Juju. So – Though I think all, both of those situations, both of those team receivers are going to be difficult to draft unless you're getting as like your three or four, and you're probably not going to because <laughs> they're going to go higher because, you know, like I've seen Chase go ahead of the other two. I've seen Chase be the third one off the board, you know, but same way with the Steelers. I mean, more often than not, it's been – I see Juju and Deontay Johnson pretty close. Claypool's a little bit later. Um but, you know, they're, I think they're all great best ball. Like, if I'm drafting best ball, I think I would want all six of them <laughs> if I can get them, but you're probably yeah, not. Um, but, <laughs> but I just think, like, anytime you've got so many mouths to feed on a team like that, um, it makes it difficult for the consistency to have any real stability. I mean, I think all three of them could be 60-65, and that's not bad for your wide receiver three. But if you're drafting – Boyd or Chase or, you know, Johnson or Claypool or Juju as your number two, that consistency could hurt you unless you just get lucky and find a couple back-end receivers to kind of make up for it. But that those are my thoughts on that. And then a tight end, of course, Gronk is one of those classics where, you know, he'll get nothing for two games and then he'll catch two touchdowns in the Super Bowl. So. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah. Nothing right. for – 15, 16 games. Right. And, exactly. catch and then, hi, oh, it's the playoffs. I feel like playing yeah. football again. Yeah. Oh, wait, okay. <laughs> I forgot oh, I did come out like, of like, It's like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar from Airplane. Yeah. I did said you don't try except during the playoffs. That's fine. Uh, so, <laughs> move it on then. We, uh, we want to talk about rookies a little bit because you mentioned them in the guide. Um, mm-hmm. But, I mean, what are your – what are your thoughts on rookies as far as how how have they changed? Um, you know, especially with the wide receiver position, because we've seen a lot of really strong rookie wide receiver drafts. Um, I mean, what are your thoughts on on them in general? So I do a, a, an article every year um, with with data because 
every podcast that I do, I get that question because it's important to people. You know, what do I do with rookies? They have proven nothing in the NFL. Um, so in the, in the guide that I do every year, uh, the data is as such. So of the quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends drafted since 2010. So last 12 years, um, there's been 476 of those players in the, only the first four rounds. So not later rounds, just first four. So you assume that these are your better players. Um, of those 476, only 42 of them in total were over a 60% consistency rating or higher in the rookie season, which means 92% of them did not. Now, does that mean you don't draft a rookie? Not necessarily. Um, the interesting thing is that of the rookies, of those four positions, um, 16% of the running backs have been successful. So the average was eight, right? almost nine. So 16%. So they're definitely the above average. Uh, quarterbacks are at 9%, which is right about average. And then wide receivers are only 7%. Tight ends were 2%. There's only been two tight, ends, <laughs> two tight ends since 2010. Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram was one. <laughs> and Jordan Reed. Yeah. Not Gronk, not Kelsey. I knew, I knew they had Evan Ingram one. That's funny. Jimmy, I mean, yeah. you, you go through the rest of them. No Zach Ertz, no nothing. Nah. Like Kelsey was 0% his rookie season. Oof. Not even a blip on the radar that year. But does that – so a lot of people are like, okay, what about Kyle Pitts? Well – you know, again, where do you get consistency from? Opportunity, talent, you know, um, you know, with Julio Jones going away and now you've got Calvin Ridley, Russell Gage, um, and now basically Pitts becomes number three, you'd have to believe that he should be over 60% consistent. But, you know, two years ago we had Noah Fan, TJ Hawkinson, you know, all these great tight ends. Neither one of them were over. So not saying it can't happen. Just saying, temper your expectations. You know, um, you know. Last year we had a bunch of top rookies uh, at wide receiver, and the interesting thing is, um, the only ones that were over sixty percent was Justin Jefferson, and I think he was like the fifth. Wasn't he like the fifth wide receiver off the board? Like, like he wasn't. It oh, wasn't the. You know, it was he like was still first round. But no, yeah, he was, first round, but he like was Judy second. and all like, these guys Rager went, went first. made it. Yeah, Regger stupidly went right before him. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you got guys like CeeDee Lamb and you got Higgins and Ayuk and Claypool who went much later, and they were like right. the better, they were right. the better you know, receivers. 60%. So again, it's not that easy. Oh, yeah, Ayuk actually was, did 67%. But in my opinion, the only reason yeah, Ayuk made it that time. high was because Injuries. Samuel was hurt. Everybody yeah. was hurt. They didn't have anybody else but Ayuk to get the ball to. Yeah, um, talented guy, so, but yeah, I get it. Yeah. I still think there's a, a, a little bit much to be said about the rookie receivers are making a huge, like making huge strides. Like especially yeah. like you know first three round guys. Like you can pay a little bit more attention to them, especially if they got good quarterbacks throwing the ball. Uh, much more so than like even five, six years ago. And if mm -hmm. you want to go back 10 years, it's even probably worse. Uh, I don't have the data in front of me, but like, I just got feeling that that's what it tells me. Um, I know our friend Scott Simpson wrote an article over on, uh, the sports gambling network. And, um, 
the podcast network and he breaks down a bunch of like the rookie receivers and how like they are improving drastically over the years. Um, it's fantastic. So go check that out. Um, but again, it still doesn't, you know, prove what you're saying is wrong. Like they are still super inconsistent from when, you know, when it all comes down to, you know, the end of the year, like you're talking 60% consistency. I mean, that means lamb and guys like that probably had like three, four, five big games. And then, you know, the rest of them were kind of in the middle and below below consistent. So, like, yeah, you right. kind of want to steer clear from this. And I'll tell you, like, you brought up Chase. I'm not touching Chase in drafts this year. His ADP is, like, hovering near 20 receiver mm-hmm. range. There's much more proven guys. Like, look, Chase could prove me totally wrong, but I'll go take his teammates three rounds later who are just yeah, as good. Right. Like, this is not worth it in my book. So, yeah, um, Chase is wide receiver twenty-seven. Boyd is thirty-eight right now. Is it, on, oh, in your rankings? No, on fantasy football calculator ADP. Oh, I dude, I've I've heard other ADPs and other like mocks where he's like he's touch he's climbing steadily up into that like twenty to twenty-four range, and you're like, yeah. wow. Yeah, that's no. that's that's pricey for a rookie who's done literally nothing, um, right? So, right. but it, I, but it is going to be interesting because, and I don't know how often this has happened in the past, but when you realize that the three top wide receivers went to the same team that the quarterback they played with was in college, yeah. and again, I don't have any data to support if that's yeah, happened much in the past weird. at all, but it's interesting that it happened. It'll be interesting to see how those three play out. Do they get special preferences because yeah. we've been buds before? Yeah. And, you know, right. so it'll be just see how it works out, you know. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's definitely something to chart and, and see. I mean, I, I love the Burrow Chase past and, mm-hmm. and you know, the, the idea of that coming to fruition again in the NFL, but Burrow's coming off a pretty major injury. Um, mm-hmm. So we don't know exactly what he's going to have right off the bat. The offensive line still stinks. Yes. So um, whether or not he gets injured again, right? I'm not putting my juju on him. I promise you I'm not trying no, to. He's already ruined it, man. Either. He's, he's already ruined already, He's already out. So, um, <laughs> Don't draft Joe Burrow at this point. I have you mentioned him on the podcast. Plus <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I just, I, it's it's hard to to want to go after that. I mean, and I like mm-hmm. stacks and and trying to play that, especially in best ball. But right. I like trustworthy stacks much better. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. True. All right. So. Let's jump into some more specific uh, players here and just quick rundown. Talk about some guys who you think will exceed or you know fall short of their current ADP based on what you think with consistency and how you look at things. And um, you know, just give one of each quarterback, running back, receiver, tight end. We'll start okay. here with the quarterbacks. All right, let's start with the quarterback. So I, I do an article for each one of these groups. Uh, it's in the guide. It's called the Consistent Undervalued Players. Um, my favorite one, a quarterback. And look, this guy isn't going to be your number one quarterback. He's going to be your backup. 
he's also going to be a really good value in your Scott Fish Bowls, so your Superflex, two quarterback leagues. But So this guy last year was top 14 in both total points and consistency at quarterback. Dare to guess with if you haven't seen the guy already? Joe Burrow. <laughs> no. I'm kidding. Uh, he played all 16 games, so no, it's not Joe yeah. Burrow. Kirk Cousins. Close. Cousins actually was seventh in consistency and 11th in total points, so he's actually better. Uh. <laughs> but, but this guy's ADP right now is probably quarterback 25 to 28. Oh, wow. And his name, and his name is Derek Carr. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. He always does. He does well in this format of Scott Fishball with all the turnovers and stuff. Right, right. So you know, again, a lot of it's garbage numbers. But is that going to change this year? No, no, <laughs> not at all. Because they still got to play Kansas City twice, Denver twice, Chargers twice. You know. So, like you up. said, I was just in a mock draft I'm doing with Murph and the guys from England and a bunch of other people. We do. We've done a, a mock every not every month. And so in round 16, the last round, as my backup quarterback, I took Derek Carr. <laughs> okay. I mean, yeah. yeah. I All mean, right. why not? And again, you know, like a Scott Fish Bowl, you know, a Cousins and Carr could be a really nice combo, actually. Yeah, um, it's it's so tough, though, man. Line, you so, know, they, their defensive suck. I mean. It's tough to you know. wait on them. And like, hope you land both of them because, like, if you don't, right. like, then who are you stuck with? Yeah, <laughs> it's just right. like, ah. right. so you got to go to those guys. Uh, and Cousins yeah. does have those like totally so negative yeah, games where it's like, oh, he had like a negative seventeen point game, didn't he? Thirteen yards, uh, three fumbles, and oh, man, um, was all Dalvin Cook touchdowns. Yeah. No, I mean, I forget about the Scott Fish has the big penalties for their interceptions. So. Well, and incompletions. Yeah. Mm. Now, see, that's where actually pretty efficient yeah. when it comes to percentage. Last year, he wasn't as good as in years past because I, right. I was targeting him last year. I didn't get him, but I did target him. But he didn't do as well last year with the completion percentages I thought he would. No, yeah, he, was he was definitely a little off last year. But Stafford it, was also was bad with, with that. Don't remind me. <laughs> I blame you for Stafford. Why? Why? I, I didn't say anything bad about him. You just talked about him. It's your fault. Because you were talking about him. So I was just joining the conversation. And then uh-huh. by proxy, he sucks by proxy. Yeah. And everybody your, else who drafted him. It's your fault. All right. So who's your, uh, who's your quarterback that was going to fall short of expectations? Oh, fall short. Oh, I, I didn't know I had to do one of each. Okay. Oh, my bad. Like, Sorry. No, it's okay. Um, fall short. Um, Deshaun Watson? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um, fall short. That's a gimme. <laughs> yeah. I'm probably, I'm probably going to say probably Justin Herbert just because, you know, it just seemed like second half of the year – Teams seem to be catching up to him a little bit. He was trying to figure him out a little bit. Um, you know, I think that's going to be tough. I mean, I'm not I'm not hugely into Jalen Hurts this year. I, I yeah. feel like he needs one more year under his belt. Um, you know, so from that standpoint, you know, he definitely hasn't had the consistency in the past to prove anything. Like, he didn't put, like, four straight games together at the end of the year to kind of give me that confidence that – you know, I could put him in the top 12. 
but a lot of people have, and I'm just not. Nope. Yeah, the, the, I mean, the rushing total helps him, but in Scott Fishball or something like that, like his efficiency numbers are going to kill him, I feel like. Right. But, you know, that rushing yeah. total is going to help carry him a little bit. So, Sure. Yeah, so what are, you, what are you thinking on running back then? Exceeding? So running backs, are, you know, so I've got a few here that I like. I'm trying to figure out which one I want to pick, though. Um, all right, I'll, I'll let you guys pick. Mike Davis, J.K. Dobbins, or Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? Which one are we talking about? I would go CEH. Exceeding? Just traded him. I think I'm – Exceeding expectations because I feel like there's so many people off of him. It's probably Ceh. Yeah, there's too many Dobbins are. truthers out there. There is a lot of Dobbins troopers. I mean, Mike Davis is you know, I but think, his ADP is so low. I'm I'm willing to buy it. Exactly. So Ceh <laughs> last year. Let's talk about him. So first off, let's all remember that if you wanted to put him on your fantasy team last year, you had to draft him in the first round. Yeah. Not so, touching like, that. Just like the Chiefs did um, in so the NFL. So he goes out <laughs> behind a terrible offensive line that couldn't stay healthy, <laughs> and he ends up earning a 77% consistency number, which ranked him 10th overall, yet his ADP is like RB 18 or 19. Now, yeah. the Chiefs have been greatly improved their offensive line in the offseason. Patrick Mahomes is 100% healthy. The rest of the team is all there. Why would we feel like CEH should drop now to a low RB2? So I'm drafting him in the second round or third round, if I can get him, as my RB2 in every team I can find. Because if you're going to let me let me get Alvin Kamara and him on my same team, I'm giddy. I don't get it. So that's the my only The only argument I have against putting him much higher than that is that there was obviously a trust factor with the coaching staff and CEH. Like they just didn't see something. Um, and so I just kind of like at this point, I almost wonder like, I'm just waiting for the, like that, that late veteran signing to like screw it over, you know, like that's, that's yeah, where it comes from. Like it's, you know, but oh, it, we're it, bringing it, bell back. Yeah. No, they're not doing that. No. I mean, who would they bring back? Todd Gurley? I mean, I, I mean they brought Bell back last year. So, I mean, who well, knows? Bringing back and using two different cut. things. You know, they, they brought much. Bell back, but they didn't use him much. I mean, and then CEH was kind of hurt himself at the end of the yeah. year, so that didn't help. Yeah. Um, so that made it, you know, th- that was kind of the thing we were talking about earlier is CEH was trying to tough it out, but I don't think he was 100%, so he wasn't really performing as well as I think he could if he stayed healthy. But yeah. So, I mean, like you said, I, I kind of like see, I mean, again, I'm, I'm drafting him as an RB two, So I'm drafting him at his ADP, but I'm just surprised because everybody's kind of like given up on him already. Still plays yeah. for the Chiefs. I feel like it's one of those, you've, everybody got so burned by him last yeah. year. Right. They're just like, ah, you're gone. And we're all we're all just gonna regret it this year. Right. Um, there's one of the writers on uh, Rob Lorge. Um, he wrote a huge like he writes these like long threads on Twitter about players, and he went on a rant about Ceh and the same thing you just said basically. So um, go go search for him. It was it's it's a great thread to read. Um, so so what about falling short in the running back category? 
So the one guy that I just feel like uh, ADP is way too high um, right now um, is Cam Akers. Um, I'm not saying he's not going to be a good player, but going ahead of, I mean, right now he's RB11 going into the you know, beginning of the second round. So, you know, people are drafting him before, you know, Swift and CEH and Dobbins and James Robinson, which I get, you know, know, he may or may not be sharing with ETN, but um, I'm just like, ah, I'm not just a hundred percent. So it's kind of like Jalen hurts. Like, I feel like he needs one more year. Like he could have some good games, but I'm not sure he's going to be, you know, again, to be drafted at that spot, you really, I mean, in my system, you have to be at a 75%, 70 to 75% plus consistency level to be worth being drafted at the end of the first, early second round. Well, Last year, he did put up four games out of the last six. Right. 67%. I mean, but, you know, now we switch quarterbacks. Stafford could throw the ball more. Will they run as much? I just, I don't know. I just don't feel 100% confident yet that you know he's he's ready to take that leap but we'll, we'll get into that we'll get into that like late hot consistency finish later with another player but Akers falls into that range for me and he was one of the okay. ones I was going to ask about but I decided okay. to go another another way but uh that answer you gave there will apply to came Akers as well so uh stay okay. tuned for that one uh, but yeah, so jumping over here to um, receivers here, who's a guy who's going to exceed your expectations? Uh, I got four of them that I just <laughs> think that are just such a great value. So I'm just going to name them, and then I'll just I'll, I'll get into detail whatever one you want. John Brown, Russell Gage, Brashard Perriman, Emmanuel Sanders. All four of these guys are wide receiver 55 or higher right now. Gage, I'll go with Gage because I think he's the one that just – I had him in this group before the Julio Jones trade. I'll, Julio Jones I was going to say – yeah, I was going to say not Gage just because I feel like he's trending up and people are getting in on him now because of the Julio trade. I'm sort of interested on your take with, with Perryman, actually. I don't know. AJ, do you have a different one? No, I, yeah, I mean, out of those four, that's definitely the one – I'm 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 interested in hearing. I that. liked Perryman last year, but like now I I don't know what to think in Detroit. <laughs> well, so you know the reason I put Perryman in there is number one is ADP is wide receiver seventy two. It's um, bad, yeah. so you're practically getting him for free. He now is really the number one receiver beside Tyrell Williams in Detroit. Um, Who can't stay healthy? Throw too, and if you remember, just a few years ago. Um, he filled in for Mike Evans in Tampa Bay and had five straight clutch games at the end of the year with, yeah. I don't remember who was quarterback, Winston maybe. Um, and so yeah. you know, I feel like and he's he not won done. Championship. Right. And so, you know, pure volume alone, again, if he can earn 65, 70% consistency, even if he gets 60% consistency as your wide receiver five or six and can play flex, maybe a good best ball candidate. I just feel like he's so grossly undervalued right now that, I mean, I'm picking him in any league I can get him at, at, at that late in the draft. Yeah, I mean, you're arguably getting the wide receiver one on that team and at a wide receiver 
six value. <laughs> it's crazy. Right. So I, I don't I don't hate it. Uh, it's just somebody I'm not really targeting. If you're sitting there and I need a receiver, yeah, I'm probably right. pulling the trigger. Yeah, on when him. I when I when I put out the guy in, on May first, Russell Gage. This was before the Julio trade. Was wide receiver eighty eight. Now he's fifty seven. Yeah, so he's, he's climbing, skyrocketed, but that still puts him as a wide receiver. What six? And you know, he, when when Julio wasn't on the field last year, and Gage was the starter, the second starter, he was seventy one percent consistent over those seven games. I think people are too worried about pits. In top twenty four. Yeah, I think people are too worried about pits, and I don't disagree. Yeah. Um, but you know, and obviously Matt Ryan is is not quite. <laughs> Yeah, consistent anymore, I, so it's not a. He's not, not consistent, things. but they have to throw so much because again, their defense is so bad. And the running game's bad. Defense is bad. <laughs> running game. Like, like, you know, you're gonna have Davis. Davis. He's not gonna run that much. He does catch the ball though. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so so there's just, you know, there's just some extra factors, but yeah, <laughs> losing to Moyle obviously boosts him up. But mm-hmm. all right, who's your uh, who's your receiver that you're gonna think is gonna fall short? Uh, wow, that's a good one. Um, <laughs> so many good receivers. <laughs> There's so many good receivers. Um, receivers. My no, favorite I every year. <laughs> I'm not going to say kinda... it. <laughs> hmm. I, I guess it depends on what your expectations are, but I'm not sure I'm, you know, too excited about Kenny Galladay in New York, <laughs> New York with Daniel Jones. I do like him, actually. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah. No, oh, I yeah. like him. There's oh. some stats I threw in. I did the New York Giants preview in in the article uh, for for the site, and uh, as much as you know, yeah, Daniel Jones isn't a great quarterback, but he throws a really good deep ball. He was okay. the most most efficient quarterback throwing the deep ball last season. That's Galladay's strength. I mean, Galladay's right. just gonna burn some people deep. He's a big guy. He can go up and catch the ball. So like that, they just fit each other. I feel like, and so like I actually mm-hmm. feel like he's a little underrated. Um, guy, I, maybe if we're going to, like, if I could just ask you about one other guy, like, sure. what do you think about these Jacksonville receivers? Like shark, you know, he's a guy who's, you know, mid, mid wide receiver two range, uh, in, in a lot of places, but then obviously, you know, people really like Chenault, like, do you see both of these guys performing at the level that they're going at considering it's a rookie quarterback? That's what I'm looking. Cause I didn't think they were going at any level worth of crap. Sharks um, twenty seven so, on my rankings, but um, really, it's uh, his ADP. I'm trying to find the ADP. Um, shark, mm. shark ADP wide receiver twenty nine. Yeah, that's a little too high. I have him ranked forty second. <laughs> wow. I mean, I, <laughs> yeah. I, so I, I'm high. I, I like Shark a lot, but it's yeah. I've got Chenault a lot lower, but people really love Chenault. I get it, the talents it, there, know, but I'm not guess, sure. Here's the thing: it's so hard to trust a rookie wide uh, rookie quarterback. I mean, we don't know what to expect. I mean, we can all say that, okay, he's going to walk in and be the stud he was in college. But, again, you, you, you saw the numbers when it comes to consistency. 91% of the quarterbacks don't hit 60% in their first year, uh, no matter where they're drafted. I mean, Baker Mayfield was 63%, got to play some games. So, I guess it's, you know, there's certainly possibility. But I just don't know if there's enough consistency from a rookie quarterback and these receivers to get me too excited about anybody from Jacksonville. You know, maybe if I can get him as a wide receiver, five or six, you know. But then again, if I can get Rashard Perriman and Russell Gage and yeah. these guys at five and six, 
I feel much more comfortable in those offenses with those quarterbacks and teams around them than I do about the Jacksonville guys. That's all. Yeah, fair enough. All right, so we're going to skip tight ends. I think we're going to cover that here at the end here. We got we have four more questions. Hopefully we can just rip through these. So okay. Pat Mahomes, you know, he finished his QB4 last season, yet he had the highest consistency ranking of any quarterback at 93%. Um, I mean, obviously his ranking is number one, but, like, do you realistically want him at his ADP over guys like Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, who – yeah, they might not be as consistent, but their overall points are going to be better. Um, or at least they were last year. I guess, like you said, it just depends on, you know, when I look at the ADPs, you know, like you said, you see Mahomes going like, you know, second round, and then you see Alan Murray, Prescott going rounds four and five. If it's, if it's that situation, no, I'm not taking Mahomes in the second round. I'll take, you know, Prescott in five or Russell Wilson in six. But every once in a while you get into one of these leagues where everybody likes to play what I call quarterback chicken. Who, who, who's gonna, how long is it going to take the first one to go? Um, usually Kings Classics almost always do that. So, like, I remember last year getting Mahomes in round five. Yeah, because, you know, they want to be cool and not take a quarterback. So, like, I think I took Patrick Mahomes, like, round five, and then in the auction draft got him for, like, 12 bucks. Whoa. Well, now it's – now <laughs> it makes sense. That's um, phenomenal value. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, trust me, I remember that now. Every year going in, I'm going, I'm just going to take Mahomes. In fact, I, I, last year, I think I did it uh, – no, it was last year was the first time it happened. The year before, I think Mahomes went much, much higher. Um and then, you know, kind of had that injury and was, you know, didn't play as well. So he was kind of down. So I think I brought him up like first first wave of, you know, like, oh, let's see what Mahomes goes for. And so, you know, I'm like you know, going back and forth, you know, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, and then just crickets. I'm like, <laughs> nothing. I'm like looking around. Okay. Like, what the hell and then it was like, thanks. Sold. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Um, and the interesting thing is no other quarterback went over him except Lamar Jackson, and he went a dollar higher. Hmm. So, like I said, nobody wanted to spend money on quarterbacks. So. But anyway, um, you know, I love Mahomes. I love his consistency. You know, um, if he stays healthy, you're going to get 90%. You know, it's just almost a given. And, you know, that's the thing is you, you may still get that out of a Kyler Murray or a Prescott or a Wilson, but – then again, you may get 75%, which isn't terrible. And they may get some higher points or be close in points. But it's those two, three clutch games that they miss that, you know, if you miss the playoffs by one game, may make the difference. So, you know, but again, drafting a quarterback in round two and a non-super flex, it's a little rough for me. I, I, yeah, as much as I, 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 I agree. I, you know, it's just a little much. Yeah, especially or especially mid, you know, like I said to somebody, look, if I got the number one pick and I get McCaffrey, and then Mahomes makes it back to the two a lot two twelve, then I might go McCaffrey, you know, like a, or Mahomes and you know who, uh, whatever with a wide receiver or another running back because why not? <laughs> then maybe, but then I'm basically could say I'm took him in the third round, but. 
Um, yeah. You know, again, depends on the draft, depends on who, how players are being picked and what's available. And, you know, yeah, I can, I can adapt. I think any of us that have been playing for a long time can adapt about anything, you know, because you'll make it up. You know, I'll get the, you know, if I don't get wide receivers early, then I'll get some of the guys like Gage and Perriman and, you know, switch, you know, stream those guys to cover some of my deficiencies, maybe at at the top wide receiver position. But, you know, I always feel like I can always find receivers in the waiver wire and that kind of stuff. And it's hard to find a top quarterback and a top running back that late. So, yeah, especially now people taking backups during the draft. So, all right, AJ, this is the question I was talking about that AJ is going to ask here about Uh, the uh, late game consistent guy or late season. Sorry. Okay. David Montgomery. Ended the season last year with six straight consistent games. So how much are you actually trusting him to be even close to that consistent for 2021? You know, I I am pretty comfortable with that because I think he proved in his opportunity as the guy that he could hold his own. Now, I'm not saying that their, their coaching staff aren't idiots because they are um, because they didn't let him have the ball with more opportunities prior to this. Jeff's a Bears yeah. fan, by the way. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, this is funny. You know, Tyreek Cohen's coming back, but, you know, he had a pretty significant injury. Um, he's not getting any younger. Um, you know, they, they got to, you know, they could be starting a young quarterback, you know, fairly soon in the season, to, you know, depending on how their games are, you know, whether they're winning or not early on with Dalton. But I have to believe that the coaching staff would just be so dumb not to give him those opportunities. Now, again, it's a long season. So, you know, get Cohen in there, get his touches, you know, especially if they're, you know, give him a series break or two. But you've got to get Montgomery at least 20 touches a game. This kid is way too talented. He proved it last year. Um, that second yeah. half of the year was, in my opinion, what you needed to say. But that doesn't mean the coaches aren't, like I said, aren't egotistical idiots. Uh, see Adam Gase for more examples. Um, you know, just because they have talented players doesn't mean they know how to use them. And certainly Matt Nagy was one of those. Um, yeah. So we'll see if, you know – I. I'm going to draft him as my RB2. I totally have no problem with that. Again, it's, you know, it's kind of like CEH or one of these other guys. If I can get him, you know, what the heck is this? Uh, where is he at? Like wide receiver. Uh, Montgomery is at RB24 round four. So, again, if I can get him as my RB2 in round four, I'm good with that. Um, you know, is he going to be 73% consistent in fourth in total points? may not be but I think he can at least withhold and maintain the consistency. If he's still top 12, I'm still happy with the points. Um, You know, and he misses rounds. Yeah. So I'm good with him. Yes. All right. So another guy here. So, you know, we talked about injuries earlier. Um, Michael Thomas is a guy who dealt with both injuries and, I mean, less than stellar quarterback play, even when his, true starter was on the field and so he finished with a pretty terrible consistency rating of 43 percent uh people still have him pretty high in the rankings due to you know 
previous seasons, you know, for good reason. But he's going to be dealing with Winston or Hill again this season or a combination of both. Um, you know, what do you expect from him this season? And, and, you know, do you think he gets back to his more consistent ways? Or are we going to see him struggle because he's dealing with Winston or Hill? Yeah, I mean, I, that that quarterback situation just scares the, the living bejesus out of me. Um, you know, the switching back and forth. You know, how much is Winston going to play? I felt, I feel like, look, if if they said, if they came out and said we are committed to Winston being the starter, and he will not come out except for certain trick plays with Hill, then I would actually give Thomas a little more love because I think that. At least Winston is has a better arm to get the ball to Thomas more, um, and he was certainly focused on him and target the crap out of him. But if they're doing a lot of that Taysom Hill like they did last year, a couple of those games where it was, you know, just you know they're winning games sixteen to fourteen and twelve to nine because they're kicking field goals all day long. Uh, I'm not real happy about that scenario. I'm, no, you know, I'd say I the only say good right thing now, about the. Sorry, the, I was going to say the only good thing about those games with Hill was it just felt like the only receiver he could look at with Thomas. So right. he was catching 10 to 12 passes. And it was just like, okay, fine. Yeah. Thanks, right. PPR. Thank you. Volume. <laughs> yeah. That was it, though. It, was, it were pretty terrible stat lines, honestly, though. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you know, the fact that he only had three clutch games out of seven in the games he did play just tells me that that's kind of an ugly situation. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I have Thomas ranked in the top 10, but I don't think I've been in any mock drafts yet where I was like, ooh, here's a good time to take Michael Thomas. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, I was kind of like, oh, well, I could take Michael Thomas or I could take Chris Godwin. Ooh, or take Chris Godwin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, no, I'm passing on, on him all day. But go, I'm, yeah. I'm with you, man. I've Confusion. got him in the top 10. Go. Confusion. Yeah. yeah. Uh, All right, last question we got here, AJ. All right. So, uh, needless to say, obviously, the tight end position after Kelsey and pretty much Waller at this point, maybe Kittle if he stays healthy, it's it's pretty much a shit show. So, um, I mean, is there anyone who you will take a little early – um, I mean, you don't really have to worry about them, but I mean, it's just a lack of total points. Not worth it to you. Um, again, you know, looking at the ADPs, you know, like Hawkinson at round six. Okay. 75% consistent last year, fifth in total points, you know, not a high point total, but still fifth. Um, you know, Probably I'd, I'd be okay with that. But honestly, what I've been doing in most of the mocks or actual drafts that I've done so far is, um, one, if I'm, a, if I'm a late first round, I might take Kelsey at the end of the first or, or at the mm-hmm. turn in the second. If not, if Waller can make it to the fourth, I'll take him there. Ooh, but that'd be, that'd be rich. I, I, that's not happening in most leagues. Um, I wish not happening in most leagues, but you never know. But more often than not, re- really, what I've been doing in most drafts is around um, round rounds eight, nine, nine, ten. I'm drafting Robert Tanyan and Logan Thomas back to back. 
as my tight ends because one, um, they both were very consistent last year. They were both um, in the top six. Um, one was fifth and one was seventh. I'm sorry, one was sixth, one was seventh. You know, they were fourth and fifth in total points. Um, you know, let's say Aaron Rodgers doesn't play. Well, guess what? Now you got a rookie quarterback or a young quarterback in Jordan Love. As much as he'll love to look at Devontae Adams, he's probably going to look at Robert Tani a lot just as much. Yeah. So I feel like he'll still be okay. I think Logan Thomas will still be beneficial with Fitzpatrick there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like if just one of those two break out, getting them around 9-10 didn't cost me a lot of draft capital. Capital, And if they both pan out, um, then I start one as a flex or trade bait or whatever. Uh, another guy I like is like somebody like Jared Cook or even Austin Hooper. Um, who again are practically free. I think Cook is ADP uh, tight end 20, and I think Hooper's like 26. Well, what people don't realize is that you're talking about second half seasons. Um, uh, Hooper was 67% consistent um, last year in the late, you know, second half of the year because him and Mayfield started really clicking because of the teams were focusing on Landry and Chubb and, you know, teams were kind of clogging the box to stop the run. Well, Hooper gets past the linebackers and boom, you know, he's wide open. So, you know, it's those kind of guys that I think you can take a chance on late um, and again, take two of them to be safe. Um, and I think that, you know, that's, that in my opinion is the best way to, you know, it's kind of a boom or bust. You either go for Kelsey and or one of the big boys, or you, you know, go for a little bit later and pick a couple. You know, and hope one or both work out. And I think that their consistency and their late seasons of these four guys, um, you know, in the situations that they're in, um, you know, Jared Cook and replacing Hunter Henry. Yeah, I'm, I'm all about grabbing one of those first two. It's basically Kelsey or Waller for me. Like, I love Kittle when he's on the field, but eh. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's just if I don't get one of those two, I'm I'm just waiting. Like, I don't even care anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to stab you know, the the tenth tight end and hope he becomes a top five guy. Just just right. doesn't seem like it's, not, it's worth it at this point. I'm just gonna wait. Um, anyway, that's it for the show, man. I want to thank you again for coming on. It's always a good talk. Uh, great information. And uh, again, consistency is something that I I, I believe in big time. So I nice. always love talking about it with you. Appreciate and uh, the guide is great, guys. Go check it out. Go go look for it on Amazon. We will throw the link in the show notes. But uh, Bob, before we let you go, just remind everybody where they can find uh, find your stuff on the internet. So you can find me on Twitter at Bob underscore Lung. Uh, of course, the uh, Big Guy Fantasy Sports dot com. Uh, then the Fantasy Football Expo, if you want to get your tickets, uh, get a booth, whatever you don't want to do, definitely come to Canton that weekend, hang out with all of us cool guys we'll uh, and there. girls. There's, <laughs> there's some cool girls there. Actually, there yeah. yeah. And uh, so, yeah, so it's going to be a great time. And, uh, again, thanks for having me, guys. Always a pleasure and always uh, love chatting with uh, everybody here at the Fantasy Six Pack. All right. Awesome. Good yeah. times, man. Much appreciated. Thanks for coming on. Thanks. thanks have for, a good uh, night, man. All right. Have a good one. Take care. See you, Bob. All right, AJ, uh, that's it for the show. Um, next week we are doing, I think we're jumping back into our, our preview shows, uh, on just want to make sure I get the date right here. Um, so, cause we are mixing it up every now and then, 
Oh, actually, yeah, you won't be here. Well, maybe you will be. (laughs) Who knows now? Yeah, we'll figure it out. But uh, back to Thursday. Back to Thursday next week on uh, July eighth. We'll do on the AFC South. But uh, before that, on Tuesday, July sixth, we're doing our Scott Fishbowl charity show to raise money for multiple sclerosis. Um, you can check out my Twitter. It's my pinned tweet, um, you know, about what's going on with that. And, uh, there's a link to donate, but, uh, check in to that show. It'll be starting around nine o'clock and we're going for a couple hours. we got a ton of good guests. Uh, so I'll be tweeting about it in the next day or two about who, whoever's coming in. We're just trying to confirm everybody totally, uh, before we do that. But, uh, it's going to be a good time. We did it last year. We raised about 550 bucks. I'm hoping to, to go over that. For sure. So uh, definitely check that out on on Tuesday. We'd appreciate it. And anything you can do to support is is much appreciated as well. Uh, But yeah, other than that, we are out of here. So cue the music.